As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Win Some, Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. Hour three of Follow the Money. Tim Murray in for Mitch and Paul. We got a busy third hour so that's why we're leading it off with a little win some lose some recapping the night that was in sports gambling brad evans always like if you need to be woken up brad evans is the guy to bring on he'll join us a little bit later on in this hour less than 15 minutes we'll talk to brad get his thoughts on some college hoops as well but last night if you missed it it wasn't pretty 63 58 you're on the side of tcu like i was it was a loser but if you were on kansas saying i'm getting kansas Getting some candy on the road? Yeah, Kansas took care of business. 63-58, to 58, outright winner as an underdog. So certainly some winsome there for the Jayhawks. We just talked to Jim Root. Said sometimes in this part of the year, you might want to back those ugly dogs. Minnesota's one of those. 78-69, loser. Illinois gets the win. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, get the cover also saw Louisville, which we'll get to here in a little bit, catching 17 and a half. Lose by 17. So that would be a cover, ladies and gentlemen. How about some plus money coming home on the ice last night? Winnipeg Jets at Madison Square Garden. Nice 4-1 win. Cash it, plus 145. The Islanders in Pittsburgh. Money line victory there, 4-2 for the Isles, plus 145. The Flyers. Plus $2, plus $2.10 on the road north of the border against the Flames and a home dog. I always love a home dog. Sharks, plus $1.45. They get it done against the Seattle Kraken. Really a no sweater there. 4 nothing victory. So uh, a pretty light night of college basketball, but Kansas gets it done as a road underdog. Revenge, a best dish served cold. Kansas gets it done. Maybe a couple revenge spots I'll be mentioning here 
momentarily in hey, in pocket. But I want to show this video for Winsome. Marcus Johnson, long-time NBA, former All-Star, analyst now for the Milwaukee Bucks. This is a video he posts. He posts it every year. Birthday yeah, was on I'm February eighth. If he can black, still dunk, right? He had on the gate He's sixty-seven the years old. So here's right. we'll, we'll give you a little of the, the audio show. here of Marcus Get Johnson, the, the video he filmed out there, rocking his high school, right. just I'm like Mac McClung, then UCLA, UCLA. Gilbert may not like Then he that, goes to his All-Star jersey here momentarily. Gilbert Arenas hanging out with Marcus Johnson, by the way. All-star jacket. Now, the eight used to be a lot more visible, but hey, it's been 40 years. What do you want? All right, here we go. All right, guys. Let's do can it. Can Marcus Johnson done? still throw it down? Yes, sir. All right, at 67 years old. Look at those guns. Look at his arms. Man. Still throwing it down. Every year, Marcus Johnson posts on social media. And I hope he gets to do this for another 10 years. He's 67 years old. Just turned 67. Marcus Johnson did a very, very nice uh, video there. How about this for Lose Some? And we just talked to Jim Root about this. If you look at the advanced box score from last night's Kansas TCU game, they graded it at 82-81 TCU. The final score is 63-58. to Why is it Lose Some? Because the betting market bet it up yesterday from 150 to 152. Final score, 63 to 58. Uh, that would be uh, well under uh, 121 if you want to do your quick math here on a Tuesday morning. So uh, not pretty there. Uh, also for a lose some, how about this for a way to alter your preemptive Super Bowl champion tattoo? Eagles Super Bowl champions. Still don't understand why people continue to do the Super Bowl champions before it ultimately happens. We talked about, we showed you Jerry Kill yesterday. He got the tattoo for New Mexico State winning the Motor City Bowl. I guess the Quick Lane Bowl nowadays, but for New Mexico State getting that done, that was awesome. This guy decided, going to get a little uh, too happy here with the Super Bowl 57. So how did he rectify it? He put the crying Jordan emoji on top of the Super Bowl championship uh, tattoo. So I guess that's one way. You could also pay the extra money to, you know, get it removed. But I, I like this route a little bit better. The crying Jordan emoji on top of the Super Bowl winning 50, Super Bowl 57 champions. Hey. Never go wrong with a little dog video for those of you watching with us. Dog owners, you know how it is. Sometimes your guy just wants to get into a mud pile. I have never in my 10 years of dog ownership dealt with that filthy of a dog. I've dealt with sandy dogs when I lived on the East Coast, rolling around in the sand. That is, I don't even know how you clean your dog off from that. That is, that is something, man. I love dogs. They're the best, man's best friend, but oof, that is, uh, that is something there. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Bad for the books. 
You know, Will Hill moves lines, man. I'm not talking about William Hill, the operator. I'm talking about our Will Hill at not the Will Hill, your leader in the Friday night circa college basketball contest. Just got to keep saying that. Try to get the mush going because I'm in fourth place right now. Jim Root, by the way, in third place. But Louisville, there was money coming in on an ugly dog. That would be Louisville. Louisville, who, by the way, Clemson beat Clemson over the weekend. How about that result? But Louisville was catching 19 and a half, closed at 17 and a half. Your final score, Duke 79, Louisville 62. That, ladies and gentlemen, would be a cover for the Louisville Cardinals. And Oklahoma State and West Virginia, total went from 143, closed at 145. Final score, almost heaven. 85 to 67. Man, Huggy Bear at home. The over hits in that one. Win some, lose some. Presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book, where if your first wager loses, receive a free bet equal to your stake up to $500. Learn more. The guy has an algorithm to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're on. All right. This is what we got to do here, huh? I get choked up thinking about the loss last night. Or I just have something in my throat. It's a little sip of water. Mm-hmm. There we go. TCU. It was fun till it wasn't. Got that closing line value, though, huh? Close three. Oh man, your boy was getting fired up last night. Looking at the looking at the board right before tip. Closes TCU minus three. Ooh, baby. I'm on the right side. Nope. 63-58. So that's a loser. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep the get some W's on there uh, as this week goes on. That I don't have the uh the the follow the money curse. So here we go for tonight. Virginia Tech on the money line. Short money line against Miami. As I would call it, a little stinky. A stinky line. Miami's been red hot, right? I think they've covered five of the last six. They've won all six of those games. The only game they didn't cover, apparently, the pesky Louisville Cardinals. They only beat Louisville by eight. But Miami, great guard play, well coached. But I'm going to back Virginia Tech here at home. I backed them on Saturday against Pittsburgh. They closed as a five and a half point favorite. They win by seven. I need the Hokies. Grant Basile, be my man again. Dominate. Let's go Hokies at home. I will take the money line. And we just talked about this game with Jim Root. Home teams in the Big Ten have really thrived. And what I'm going to do here, because I anticipate a really, really emotional, but also great environment at the Breslin Center tonight. What I'm going to do is I'm going to roll half unit on the first half of Michigan State, half unit on the full game for Sparty against Indiana. Yes, another one of those situations of the unranked team being a favorite against the ranked team at home, 29-13 ATS so far this year. But as Jim and I talked about, yeah, you can blindly play it and you'd be thriving in it, but also, it's the the way the odds makers are looking at these teams. And and look, if we come back tomorrow morning and, and Miami takes care of business, maybe Miami's just undervalued. They were late. They were catching six at home last Monday night against UNC, or excuse me, on the road, 
and took care of business. But I'm going to roll with Virginia Tech at Castle Coliseum, Michigan State at the Breslin Center. So those will be my plays for tonight. Hokies and Michigan State. In Pocket is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials posted afternoon at BetRivers.com. There are a couple other games that I might get involved in. Uh, if you're wondering, Jim Root, who just joined us, uh, he likes Georgia catching 13 and a half on the road at Arkansas. That's my type of play, Jim. I appreciate that. That's what I like. Coming off of 108-59 loss at the hands of Alabama, Jim's going with Georgia plus the 13 and a half on the road at woo, big suey. Also, he's fading Tulsa. When in doubt, fade Tulsa. The best trend in college basketball this year is fade Tulsa. If you have faded Tulsa all year long, you are 21-3-2. Tulsa is a one-and-a-half-point home underdog. Jim rolling with uh, East Carolina in that spot. My guy, Brad Evans, always brings the energy, the big noise. We will talk to Brad. What is he like tonight on the college basketball slate? He'll join us next right here on Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is follow the money on vsan Sports fans, as the football season ends, BetRivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for basketball and hockey. BetRivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, 
weekly pro basketball bet and get, and more. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Tim Murray sitting in for Mitch and Pauly here on Follow the Money. Good Tuesday morning, as you can see, a little bit behind us. It's a loaded board. It's always loaded. But I like the visual aspect of the board behind us being loaded with college basketball, as does our next guest. You can check him out on Live on the Line on Bally Sports. You can see his podcast. See his podcast. I've been doing the show solo for two hours and 15 minutes. You can't see podcasts, Brad. Uh, you can listen to his podcast. We stream on YouTube, Murray. You yeah. can see it. There you go. Uh, see, you're helping me out. Fade the Noise, the podcast uh, that Brad and Nate Lundy bring you Tuesday through Thursdays. Uh, you can read his work, too, as he is a bracketologist, as that is the buzzword du jour as we get towards uh, March Madness. Brad Evans is here at Noisy Wavos on Twitter. Mr. Evans, always a pleasure sir before we jump into the card here tonight uh, a couple updates on your big board uh west virginia almost heaven very impressive win last night and uh the metrics love him where do you have west virginia right now on your big board yeah, I just moved him up from a number 11 seed uh, and off the uh, last four out as the number 10 seed now, the very last one on the latest version of the bracket big board. I mean, look at the metrics. Uh, they're extremely strong right now for WVU. Uh, number 32 in the net, they moved up to overnight with six quadrant one wins. And uh, that's the uh, upside of playing in the Big 12 every night. Practically, you have an opportunity to add Q1 wins and no bad losses. And and more importantly, too, as we saw in the bracket reveal over the weekend, I think the uh, committee really stressed strength of schedule. Uh, and right now, WVU top five in the entirety of college basketball and SOS. So I moved them up a line. Uh, the, again, number uh, 10 seed, the very last number 10 seed, Oklahoma State moving down a line from the number 10 line to the highest number 11, but playing in the rough and rugged, Big 12 will really do both these teams an enormous favor come Selection Sunday. Yeah, you talk about the Big 12, 14. That is the uh, number of quad one wins Kansas has, which is uh, two which is two touchdowns more than North Carolina, who is uh, still sitting on goose egg. Uh, so, uh, yeah, ain't, ain't pretty for uh, last year's. Uh, well, one side pretty, the other side not so pretty for last year's national championship game. Brad Evans joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Noisy Wavos. Uh, check out Live on the Line uh, on Bally Sports and uh, read them at ballysports.com. Uh, All right, a game I just talked about, and I, I look, the trend is what it is, and it's 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 been a profitable one. You know, I always, I, I trust odds makers, right? And when they're telling yep. us that a team is a, is a favorite over a ranked team, they don't care about AP polls, right? So let's go to Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia Tech, very nice win over the weekend against Pittsburgh. They were laying five and a half, six. They close, they they win that game by seven. And here they are again, Brad. They're they're laying two. Um, you know, I'm gonna take the short money line price. I know you got a better number. Uh, uh, the Hokies at home, outside of that ugly loss to Boston College, have have really thrived there. And you know. This is a revenge spot too from a, a loss earlier in the season. What do you see, Virginia Tech and Boston? Or excuse me, Virginia Tech and Miami. Excuse me. It, I'm doing the hokey pokey, and I'm turning myself around in <laughs> jubilation uh, based on the number I got last night. But I would play this sucker up to like three and a half, to be honest with you. I think Bob Tech's going to hold home court to where they have been uh, really dynamite this season. Twelve and three straight up, 
uh, number 33 in all of college basketball at home matchups. An effective field goal percentage offense. Uh, they've been more susceptible defensively, uh, giving up especially uh, close to 50% inside the arc. But Miami, uh, I know they're road proven. I know they won their last six games or six and four straight up away from South Florida. Uh, and they've been very good offensively. We all know that story, but I think they're underrated defensively in road matchups this season. Number 28 in effective field goal percentage defense. I, I think the uh, Virginia Tech offense really shows up. It's going to be a electric atmosphere there uh, in Blacksburg. As a result, I think they get the W. I think they win by four or more points. It'll be nip and tuck late, but they'll seal the deal with some uh, timely free throws, to say the least. Well, Brad, you live there in Big Ten country now, and you're rocking your Illini shirt. They got a win, didn't get the cover yesterday, but you know, for oh. your Illini, just just get wins, baby. That's all that matters for yep. Brad Underwood's squad. So we go to East Lansing and Indiana, uh, and shouts to a uh, listener, Brad Howe, uh, who's also in the media field. He said uh, Indiana home road splits are just staggering, 20th percentile in offensive rating on the road. Uh, so it's just been ugly for IU on the road. It's going to be an emotionally charged environment there uh, with the Spartans. It's the first game they've played at home uh, since the tragedy last week there on their campus. So um, Spartans hosting Indiana. What I did was I'm going to split first half and full game, minus one and a half first half, three full game. Uh, how do you see tonight unfolding there at the Breslin Center? Yeah, I play full game as well. It, it, emotional is the appropriate adjective, uh, given all that happened there recently in East Lansing, and this being the first, you know, rallying point, really, I think, for the university to get back on its feet and back to a sense of normalcy. And uh, it's going to come, unfortunately, at, um, you know, IU's expense. And you look at Indiana on the road this season, four and six straight up, and number 193 in college basketball, an effective field goal percentage offense. Uh, turnovers have been a bugaboo away from Bloomington. Uh, they've coughed it up over 20% of the time. And I think the biggest key in this game is Michigan State's ability uh, to make it rain from outside at home, where they are 10-2 uh, inside the Breslin Center, and they're shooting over 40% from distance. So, you know, a whole lot of Hauser and Hogard, I think, uh, from three-point range. Uh, oddly, too, uh, they're like, one of the best, if not the best, mid-range shooting teams in all of college basketball. And a lot of people are, oh, uh, mid-range, I that, that exists? What, what are they doing? That, it's not on their side, analytically speaking. Yes, NBA heads, uh, I know what you're thinking. It's uh, Ds and Threes. Uh, but Michigan State right now uh, really uh, just bludgeoning people uh, with that mid-range game. And then, of course, Hauser, Hogarth outside. And they have some decent inside presence as well that can hang tough uh, with Jackson Davis and company. So, yes, I like Michigan State. I, I think they're going to win by five-plus and really feed off that sellout crowd inside Breslin. So, once again, the the trend is 29-13 unranked home favorites against ranked teams. Very profitable, right? It, we, we like that. Yeah. Not as profitable as fading Tulsa. Three... <laughs> 21 and two against the spread. They are catching a point and a half at home against East Carolina, Tulsa, ECU. They're getting a lot of love tonight. What are we doing with this one, Brad? Yar, shiver me timbers. I'm thinking the pirate. 
uh, the trend shall again be my friend in fading Tulsa. You just laid out the record for those non-math majors out there. That's a 12.5% hit rate on the spread for the Golden uh, Tropical Depressions. I mean, they're not hurricanes. <laughs> Let's be honest and real here. Yes, I have a meteorology degree, so I got the nerd out there for a second. But ECU on the road this season it's not been their friend. They're 1-7. Straight up, uh, number 331 in effective field goal percentage offense, number 230 in effective field goal percentage defense. Those numbers are unsightly, but Tulsa at home uh, almost equally as bad. Number 285 in adjusted offensive efficiency and number 240 in effective field goal percentage defense. Here is the key to the game. Second chance opportunities for ECU. They generate offensive rebound over 33% of the time in league action. And they shoot a boatload of threes in AAC play. Over 40% of their shots come from distance. Just drain 35%. And we cash a winner sweat-free. So I will ride the Pirates. And I will, again, feed the Golden Tropical Depressions tonight. Who, as you mentioned, 321-2 ATS on the season. 12 and a half. <laughs> Percent cover rate. That is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Brad Evans joining us at Noisy Huevos on Twitter. Brad, before we let you run, you got a little Big East money line parlay. We got Xavier hosting Nova, Creighton hosting Marquette. Yeah, I like both those teams on the money line parlay, and I add a little third wheel Ooh. of this and uh, get a little extra juicier. I like Texas on the money line, also at home tonight against Iowa State. Uh, you look at Xavier, uh, it's all about their offense. Uh, well, the best in the business, uh, inside, outside, they just pick you apart that way. Yes, they're loosey-goosey defensively, but I think they will get the win against a downtrodden Villanova club. Uh, and then you look at Creighton, a uh, massive game against Marquette at home tonight. Uh, one of the best and most underrated teams in the country in a true Final Four dark horse. I think Brian Colquhoun will be too much. And Texas, they will cruise. I think they win by eight or more Ooh. against the Cyclones in Austin. Brad, you're the best. Appreciate it, brother. Gracias, amigo. There he is. Brad Evans. Follow him on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. Russell Westbrook is a clipper. Is it going to work? We find out next right here on Follow the Money. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Tim Murray rolling on here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks again to Brad Evans for joining us. Always love Brad. If you uh, hadn't had your coffee yet, Brad will will serve as your coffee, and uh, we appreciate him jumping on with us. couple plays uh, that he threw out there as well. We'll recap those here in just a little bit. But look, it's not just college hoops, even though they're the only show on the floor tonight because the NBA just coming off the All-Star break and not in action until later this week. But certainly uh, a big storyline is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, 
traded uh, from the Lakers uh, as they brought in Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Vanderbilt from uh, the Utah Jazz, and Russell Westbrook part of that, and he has been bought out, and he's not leaving town. He's staying with the Los Angeles Clippers, and to give us the latest on that, we bring in Lawrence Murray, Clippers beat reporter for The Athletic. You can follow Lawrence on Twitter, at LawMurrayThe. And you and Lawrence, simple enough. Is this going to work for Russell Westbrook with the Clippers? I'm gonna. I I don't know if it's gonna work, man. Uh, there's so much that has to happen for Russ to be successful in the offensive end, and I think a lot of it comes down to the support that he has from the players that he's sharing the floor with, from the scheme, the coach that he's going to be playing for. But I do think that Russell Westbrook is in a much better position to have success with this Clippers team than he did this year in Los Angeles, certainly the year before in Los Angeles. So if, if it's going to work for Russ, it's got to be, it, it's got to be with this team. Um, he's in year 15. I think that Russ saw in during his Lakers tenure that the good times are not going to last forever, you know? So this is a good situation for him ultimately, but I also think that the Clippers need to make sure that Russell Westbrook doesn't have an outsized role on, on this team that he's on. Well, and that seems to always be the biggest thing as we're talking to Lawrence Murray, who covers the Clippers for the athletic is look, Russell Westbrook. There's no deny he's going to be a hall of famer. He's an MVP. The stats are, are what they are and they've been phenomenal for his entire career, but you know, as we've seen, he has a style of play that isn't always conducive to contending teams, especially if he's not the main guy. So when you look to Kawhi and Paul George being, you know, the the one-two punch here, Ty Lue, I guess we'll, we'll throw it to the coach. You know, Ty Lue and Russell Westbrook, how big is that dynamic moving forward, you know, on you know, moving on from here on out and into the postseason for him to buy in to what the, the Clippers ultimately want from Russell Westbrook? I think if Toronto was not trying to coach Russell Westbrook, then we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. That's going to be, for me, the biggest difference between Russell Westbrook's situations with the Los Angeles Lakers and what he's got now. Like He has the buy-in from both his stars and his head coach at the same time. I think last year, Darvin Ham came in with an open mind, was ready to work with Russ, uh, and they developed a connection. But by then, LeBron was off of Russ. And really, LeBron's been off of Russ for at least a year. Like the trade deadline last year, the Lakers tried to move on from Russell Westbrook, but his contract was so cumbersome, and there weren't any suckers in the league, so you couldn't get <laughs> off of him. And then Frank Vogel, I don't think Frank Vogel ever wanted to coach Russ I don't think Frank Vogel is set up for success to coach Russ because you bring in three max contract guys, guys who don't really fit together. I think LeBron and AD don't have a lot of weaknesses offensively, but shooting is not a strength collectively for those two. And then you build a roster that is smaller and doesn't have the requisite shooting. It's a disaster for Russell Westbrook, a player that is a volume shooter, not a particularly efficient one, not a particularly accurate one and a turnover machine player. So like the Lakers never from a coaching and star standpoint were set up for success for Russell Westbrook or in general, the Clippers don't need Russell Westbrook. So if Russ is not fitting 
in or Russ is having uh, one of those stretches where he's inefficient, the Clippers have the luxury of not having to play him and still being able to score, especially lately, still being able to win games. That wasn't a legitimate situation with the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, most of us saw that coming. To compare the Lakers situation to the Clippers situation and saying it's going to be a disaster in the same way is just being ignorant to the factors around Russ right now. We're chatting once again with Lawrence Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic at Law Murray, the NU on Twitter. Um, Kawhi Leonard down the stretch as we, as we pivot just you know to where the Clippers are right now, sitting in the four seed in the Western Conference, thirty three and twenty eight. He's played thirty four uh, games so far this year. Can the Clippers rely on Kawhi Leonard as the season moves forward, Lawrence? Because we know why this team was put together by Steve Ballmer, why they went out and acquired Paul George. It's to win a championship. Can this Clippers team rely on Kawhi Leonard to be on the floor consistently come the postseason? Yeah, you should. And and, and the reason is, I, I hate that every time Lowe's manager comes up, somebody circles back to the Clippers as if, one, they're the only team doing this, or two, because they think that Kawhi Leonard never plays. Kawhi Leonard has not missed back-to-back games since December 3rd. We're talking more than two months now. He has not missed consecutive games since December 3rd. In that time, he's looked like an all-NBA player. I know he, Kawhi wasn't an all-star. Paul did get to be an all-star, but... Kawhi had a slow start to the season due to knee irritation. The dude definitely is coming off a torn ACL and is not coming back to be a role player. He's coming back to be a star. That's a different workload, especially for a guy on the other side of 30. And then he sprained his ankle into the return from the knee irritation. So since then, since he's come back, he has not missed consecutive games. He has not missed a game due to injury. He's missed all the back-to-backs. He's missed one other game because the Clippers went a month without back-to-back days off, and then he got sick coming back from an East Coast road trip. That's the only games that he's missed since returning in Charlotte on, I believe, December 5th. Like, that dude has been cooking, and the team has played better as he's played more games. Paul had a stretch where he missed 14 out of 28 games. That was obviously a problem because Paul's got soft tissue issues. But the team has done well to protect him, to not to make sure that him missing a week or two is not him missing a month or two. And Paul has played well. He can play better. He can play better later in game. Same with Kawhi. And I think that's where the Russell Westbrook acquisition is going to make its most impact. Russ might not be the most efficient player, but Russell Westbrook can take some possessions away from guys and not completely tank the team and then have some energy conserved for PG and Kawhi to close games out in fourth quarters where they're playing better because they haven't been spending all four quarters running the offense, scoring for themselves, creating opportunities for others, being the best defenders and best rebounders on the team. That's how this is going to have to work. Lawrence, before we let you run, we're talking to Lawrence Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic. Right now, the Clippers around five to one. You can find a little, a uh, little little better price, uh, depending on where you shop uh, when it comes to the betting market, to win the Western Conference. Do you believe the way the Clippers are built right now, can the Clippers win the Western Conference? I think they can. It's going to be hard. I think it's going to be a long shot, to be honest with you. And it's not as much because of the Clippers. It's because I just feel like there are other teams that are that, that can be better. 
the only team that's played serious basketball for the entire season out West has been the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets, they are the team to beat. They're, so are there other teams that can probably beat them? Sure. I think the Clippers have a lot to prove when it comes to a team that can possibly get out of the West. They've done a good job against the sorriest teams in the NBA. They will go to Denver on Sunday. Beating the Denver Nuggets on Sunday would be huge because it's something they failed to do all season. The Nuggets are 3-0 and against the Clippers. So it would, be, it would be a big deal if the Clippers can win Sunday. It's a regular season game coming so soon out of the All-Star break. They actually come back against the Kings, a team, another team that they are looking up to. Climbing the standings would be ideal for the Clippers. That way you can avoid potential traps with seeing the Nuggets early or seeing the Sacramento Kings. Well, you probably want to see the Kings because we don't know how the Kings will respond to a playoff setting. No disrespect to the Kings. That's just reality. Yeah. Like, what do the Kings look like in the playoffs? They will be finding out for themselves. But teams like the Mavericks, the Suns, they loaded up. The Clippers have some important games coming up right away, and we're going to see how this works in, in short order. Lawrence, great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Thank you, Tim, for having me, man. There he is, Lawrence Murray, covering the Clippers for the Athletic. Russell Westbrook, stay and put in La La Land. We wrap things up with more college hoops on Follow the Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is follow the money on vsan Tim Murray here on Follow the Money, sitting in for Mitch and Pauly. It has been a, a fun Tuesday morning getting you ready for uh, what should be a really exciting 
uh, Tuesday night of college basketball. Thanks again. Uh, just a moment ago, Lawrence Murray giving us the latest on the Clippers and seemed like he felt like the Russell Westbrook acquisition had a better chance of working with this LA franchise than the Lakers, but still didn't seem to be of the belief that it makes the team all that better. But his overall point, it seemed, was if it's not working, they don't need Russell Westbrook. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, by the way, here at Circa, plus 575 are the Clippers to win the Western Conference. All right, wrapping things up uh, with a, another good friend of mine. It, it's that time, right, where we all want to know where our team is going to be, where the team that we have a futures bet on is going to be on the bracket. And in my opinion, there is no better bracketologist out there than Patrick Stevens, who joins us right now. You can follow him on Twitter, at Discourse. Replace the I with the number one, so at D1S Course. Uh, he's a contributor for the Washington Post, and that's where you can see his latest bracket, which should be being posted here uh, just in a little bit for, for the Washington Post. Patrick, so many different ways to start, but I want to start with a team that's not even playing hoops tonight. And yes, I've taken a couple jabs at them, but rightfully so. They are 0-9 in quad one mm. games, and they don't have another opportunity until Saturday uh, when they host Virginia, and that would be last year's uh, runner-up in the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina, where do they stand right now in your eyes, and what do they need to do to secure that they're in the field of 68? Well, they, they, they first of all need to win some games. Uh, <laughs> that would help. Five of their last six. I mean, that, that, let's, let's start with the basics here. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they'd be in the field right now. I mean, you look at what they've done, and if we're sitting here saying, what are, what are their best accomplishments? Well, you would have to say that it's probably some combination of beating Clemson at home, beating NC State at home, beating Michigan and Charlotte, winning that neutral site game against an Ohio State team that is just, you know, the wheels have come off the wagon, and, and the home victory over Charleston at the start of the year, which I don't think anybody thought was going to be uh, one of the true highlights of the Tar Heels' resume. But, you know, sure enough, there it is right there. Uh, you know, you, you look at them, and there just isn't a whole lot of meat on those bones. Now, the good thing for them, you mentioned the Virginia game. They get Duke at home. The other thing that stands out to me is that if we were talking about Carolina around this time last year, they really weren't in that much of a different spot. Mm -hmm. um, they hadn't really accomplished a whole lot. Now, they'd also only lost eight games as opposed to 11 to this point. And so, you know, I think one of the things we take away from Carolina is, gosh, you know, people, people sure like to make a lot out of that five or six game sample size every March. And even though they had a bunch of guys back, uh, you know, they didn't have everybody back. They didn't have Brady Manick, and they didn't frankly have somebody that would fill that Brady Manick role as much as they really hoped that Pete Nance could. He was a really solid player at Northwestern, uh, hasn't shot as well at Carolina, but the real issue is, is that they, you know, they haven't had their backcourt on the same page, it feels like, for a good chunk of the season. And, and frankly, you know, they don't have a whole lot of depth, and they were okay with that last year. It just hasn't worked out this season. And you're sitting there wondering, you know, what, when are they going to beat somebody decent here? Uh, somewhere away from Chapel Hill. And the answer is, given that their remaining road games are Notre Dame and Florida State, their only chance to beat somebody decent away from home the rest of the way is going to be in the ACC tournament in Greensboro next month. Yeah, right now, Patrick says, not in the field. Uh, still some opportunities out there, uh, but we will see for uh, the preseason number one team in the AP poll. Uh, Patrick, the preseason number one team, according to Ken Palm, was Kentucky. This has been a disappointing year. However, they now have have 
a sweep of Tennessee, uh, a road win last week against Mississippi State. So where do you have Big Blue Nation at this point in time uh, on the bracket? Could they be headed to Dayton? Uh, I don't. I actually have them bypassing Dayton at this point. I have them as a 10 seed at the moment in the East bracket with UCLA being the two seed there. So a uh, Kentucky-UCLA second-round huh. game, anyone, perhaps? Yeah, that'd be all right. You no, know, <laughs> no I, I have them paired with Iowa right now in a 7-10 game. But Kentucky, with that, with that week last week, I mean, that, that's as good a week as they've, as they've had all season. Uh, you know, they just don't seem to be able to get a whole lot of traction one way or the other. And, and you just see these games that have just been sort of, you know, once-a-month type things where, where they just look like they've never played basketball before, whether it was the South Carolina game, the Georgia game uh, the other week. You know, so what can they do the rest of the way? You know, there's certainly opportunities there. They get home games against, uh, against Auburn and Vanderbilt, trips to Florida and Arkansas. And it just feels like if they can simply – just get a little bit of traction. You could they go, let's say four and two the rest of the way and lose their second game in the SEC tournament. That's probably going to be more than enough to get them in. Thanks to that sweep at Tennessee. Talking to Patrick Stevens, uh, bracketologist. You can follow him on Twitter at Discourse. Replace the the letter I with the number one. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Twenty twenty two bracket matrix champion. Uh, so make sure uh, to follow Patrick on Twitter. Uh, a team that's playing tonight. Uh, not too far from where you are there on the East Coast. Uh, that would be Miami, visiting Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Miami, I, I heard some folks uh, that were uh, the the one that kind of ruffled their feathers, I guess, uh, from the bracket reveal uh, over the weekend where they show the top four seeds uh, in each region was Miami being left off. So uh, they got a big one tonight uh, on the road of Virginia Tech. This, I imagine, would do some really positive things for them. But the Hurricanes, what type of seed are they looking at? Because I know a lot of people are eyeing this Miami team, Patrick. It's a team that, that could make a run here in March. Yeah, and I have them on the five line right now. Uh, playing in Orlando uh, in a sub-regional that would also have Xavier in, it, in the East bracket. You know, I think that when you look at Miami, go back to last year and you're sitting there trying to come up with teams. Everybody remembers like Providence and Wisconsin as teams that, that were favored more by the net than, uh, you know, than, than maybe their, their record suggested. Or basically, you're sitting there saying that this is a lucky team or whatever, right? Uh, Miami was a team that kept piling up road victories last year and couldn't get any traction in the metrics and then turned out to be an Elite Eight team. Uh, I, I think right now with the way that they're playing, they've taken six in a row. They won at Carolina. They won at Clemson. They hammered Duke in that stretch. They beat Virginia Tech early on in it. You know, they have done a lot of good work over the course of this season. You throw out the loss at Georgia Tech at the beginning of January, and there's really not a whole lot to really question about the Hurricanes. You know, And as you well know, uh, Jim Laranega does a fantastic mm-hmm. job, and they have a core group. Uh, with Isaiah Wong and Nigel Pack and, and all those guys, Omir in the post, you know he he has he has the right sort of thing going there. And, and I agree with you. I, I like Miami a great deal. And right now, like I said, have them on the five line. I think it would be really really hard to see them below that at this point with that twenty two and five team. And would not be surprised in the slightest to see them end up on the four line and end up in that Miami or that Orlando sub regional one way or the other. 
Chat once again with bracketologist Patrick Stevens. Patrick, right now, who are your four one seeds and who is lurking to try to snag one of those one seeds, in your opinion? Well, well the committee did the reveal the other day, and I'm certainly not going to argue with people <laughs> who are actually making the decision. So Alabama, Houston, Purdue, and Kansas, I think, would be your one seeds right now. Uh, and then kind of lurking right behind, you know, Texas has a lot of high-end victories. Uh, UCLA is one of the best teams I've seen in person all season. Uh, and then Arizona is a team that even though maybe their overall metrics suggest more like a two seed, uh, their overall profile is really, really good. They've got, they're seven and two in quad one games. They're 24 and four. Uh, they have just handled things just basically from start to finish this season. Uh, so that's a team that I really like, but, but that's the group right there. That, that has a chance to get to the one line. I would, I would say I think the other team that has a chance to get to the a real chance to get to the one line is Virginia if they win out. Uh, but I, I don't know if we'll see anybody else there. I mean, it's obviously there's a scenario where let's say Kansas State or Iowa State or Tennessee gets hot. Uh, but with, given the way teams are playing, I, I think it's probably those top eight or nine teams right now that have a decent shot at getting up to the one line before all, all is said and done. Patrick, real quickly before we let you run, we got about a minute. TCU loses last night, but they were full strength, right? Mike Miles came back. Mm-hmm. This team is completely different with Mike Miles on the floor when not. Does the committee take that into account, those losses that they stockpiled when Mike Miles was out? I think it probably is a little bit of a variable, but the thing is with TCU, when you look at their metrics in general, like, I mean, they're going to be a tournament team sure, and they really only have one loss that, that you look at and say, how did that happen? And that was back in November against Northwestern state. So, you know, I think TCU probably is a team that it's seating wise ends up in that five, six, seven range, maybe an eight. If they, if they kind of uh, fall apart here later on in the year. Uh, but, but, I don't think that's going to be a major variable for them one way or the other. I mean, I think overall you look at them and they have those Kansas and Baylor wins on the road, and, and that's going to be enough to kind of stabilize their seed right there. One of the best in the biz when it comes to breaking down the brackets, Patrick Stevens. Patrick, we appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. You have a good one. You too. There he is, Patrick Stevens, bracketologist du jour. All right, that's going to do it for me here on Follow the Money. Thanks to everyone who joined the program. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. 
Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.